This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay, um, good evening. So we're holding here in Perikimol, Chelek Beis Perikimol. Dai says, Ki kol elo adeyes ha-shayirim aristoi besibes noskalkalim. All the different the understandings that Aristotle has as to why the Galgalim move, which 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 forced him to consider scholom nefradim. Scholom nefradim means something like we would say like malachim. Those are intellectual beings that are not physical beings. Even though he has no clear proof, they're the best option. In other words, the Ramam says Aristotle has not proven his point, but certainly um, it is the weight of the evidence that it, it seems to point that direction. Um, Alexander, who was Aphrodite, I think it, it was his. Um, Hashem and Farish, he says he explains it well. And also many many things that he says fit well with what the Torah says. Kol shekei lefimash esbavim medrashim and for somos not only what it says in Forshim Torah but medrashim ashein sofik shem chachamim. You know there are all sorts of medrashim. Some medrashim have a clear yichus. Some medrashim are vague. We don't know who, who made it. So if the famous Medrashim, whether it's Rabba or that's why I will now present his his opinions. And I'll pick out what I think fits the Torah well. And that, that fit Chazal. So basically he says, Aristotle's points I'm accepting because they're the most they seem to have the weight of evidence in their direction. And a lot of it has Torah. Now we'll let you go through and explain what the Torah is. Okay, so we just finished Perikimel. The idea that this Galgal is a Baal Nefesh. Now, let, let's try a little bit to explain this point over here. Um, the, the Galgal is... A um, the Galgalim in general are the, what we would call either the orbit, the motion of the various planets are a Galgal. That you 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 see this motion, and it goes on. So, what are these are Baal Nefesh, and he'll explain what it means. And and people quote it, and it's it's not quite like an animal or a person. But it means that it it's, it must have some sense of something. It'll explain where it's coming from. But these galgalim that are in constant motion must be bal nefesh. If you look if you look at it and think about it, you you come to this conclusion. Um, the person who who hears this is going to think it's very strange. What a strange idea. Um, and or he'll push it away. 
he'll think with some sort of animal, in other words, another type of animal, the way primitive mythology would have all of these um, beings described as, you know, there's, there's a great lion, there's a great this, there's a great that, very primitive form of some sort of animal. That's not at all what we're talking about. Let me explain to you where I'm coming from. There must be something that moves it, and that movement is an internally driven movement rather than externally. For instance, if I take a rock and I throw it up, or water flows down a river, those are externally motivated m- movements. They come because something outside um, moved it. The the, um, the the fact that this physical being is moving, and it's not an external movement, it's because internally it has, it, something is moving it. Um that's a nefesh and I'll explain what he means by the word nefesh what, what, are we, what elements of, of, of the concept nefesh it, it's absolutely wrong to think that its motion is like a, a rock being thrown which flows downwards or a fire that, that goes upwards. That's something that's natural. It's not a nefesh. So he says, anytime you have what we call natural motion, a motion through nature, it basically means something is misplaced and it's trying to reach its place. So the way they envisioned it was that earth, the, the natural place for earth is down at the bottom. So if somebody artificially puts a rack high up, it's going to fall down. The natural place for fire is higher up and that's why the flame jumps upwards. In other words, everything is really trying to find its place. Let's take, let's give an example. Um, when you take a ball and you hold it under, like a like a beach ball, and you hold it under the water in a swimming pool, it will come popping up because it's not in its place. Um, we can say it a little more sophisticated today. We don't we don't have that theory of place anymore. A state of equilibrium. We have the pressures, you know, equalizing itself, whether it's the pressure of gravity on one side, the pressure of something holding it up the other side. Whatever it is, it reaches a state of equilibrium. Every motion, every natural motion is describes a, a lack of equilibrium, and the general direction of motion is to find its state of equilibrium. So that's very true. So a rack will fall until it can't fall anymore, and that's where it's found you know, the pressure from the bottom and the pressure on top is the same. Uh, a helium balloon will rise until the pressure evens out and um, and that will be, you know, fine. So so any linear motion has an end to it because 
it, it, it's, it's simply trying to find a state of equilibrium. So that cannot be these planets that go on forever. Um, this keeps going around and around. Um, now, for so, so it, it, this doesn't have any state of equilibrium. Something, and, or, or the state of equilibrium is not what's driving it. Having a nefesh is not enough of a reason to go like that. Every, every bal nefesh, like an animal, for instance, will move because of two things. Um, either for a natural cause, it will try to go to a place that it wants to and run away from a place that it... That, so if, if, if a... If a um, an animal sees grass, it'll run to the grass to eat it. If it sees a lion, it'll run away from a lion. So it has its own motion, but that motion is centered on a particular um, on a particular drive, one way or another. And this makes no difference whether what's driving it is totally outside. Either an animal running away from the sun um, or running to water. It's it's um what's driving it can also be the word imagination. Um in in other words, it imagines that something is good. So for instance, if I pick up and move someplace, it's because not that I'm in a place that's hot and moving out. I believe I've made I've made it seer that this other place would be better. So so dimion is a type of thing where the force is not in direct contact with me, but I picture that. A living a living animal will move based on dimion to where it, it either feels it's safer or it feels it has better access to food and so on. So those type of movements are true by Bali Nefesh, but they don't explain the, mo- the movement of the Galgal. This Galgal is not trying to run away from a- a- any place or to get anything. Um, you can't keep going in circles if you're going someplace. Um, it, 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 it's it's logical. If 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 I'm running away from something, I'd be running this direction. Running towards something, I'm running this direction. But if I keep going in a circle, then that that, that means that what's driving me is 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 not anything, uh, not a natural force. A natural force should be going this way or this way. If it's an internal search. Or, or running away, whether it's, I see it or whether I imagine it. So again, it'll go this way or that way. Um, but, but to keep going in a circle is meaningless. And this was something that intrigued um, Aristotle and the philosophers. Uh, motion needs a cause and a goal. And circular motion seems to be none of it. 
And like it mentioned before, even today, the way we understand circular motion, like an orbit, it actually doesn't exist. It's a combination of two different motions. It's a straight motion and a falling motion. So really, it's exactly what's happening. Um, it's shooting in this direction, and it's being pulled down in this direction. Both of those are linear motions, but the combination of the way the two forces act actually produce that, which is, um, so again, it, it's not at all what the vocabulary understand they have, but, but there's some parallel to it. It should get to some place and stop going. The problem is not only that the motion is 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 conflicting. Sometimes it's going east, west, sometimes west, east. Like make up your mind. It also at some point, once you've gotten what you want, you should you know stop. If it keeps moving either because it wants something or wants to get away from something and it's never finding it, then basically it's a waste of time. In So he says there's only one way to explain this motion and that is as follows. It's a conceptual reason as to why this Galgalim is moving. Imkain. Since the reason is a conceptual search. In other words, it can't be a search for something physical because it should have either found it or desisted. It can't be a search to find its natural place. None of that makes sense. So it has only one explanation. Um, so it also has a force that allows it to move. So we need two items, and then he's going to have a third one. We need two elements in order to move. One, a concept, an idea. In other words, a, a, a dimion is not enough because there's nothing physical that, it ha- that, it's, that it's headed for. So it's some sort of um, conceptual thing. And we're also going to need a nefesh that powers it to go. Those are two items that we must have. Um, let's give uh, let, let's give a simple, uh, kind of very simple analogy. If I see a person working and I ask him, what are you doing? The person says, I need food and I'm plowing, planting, whatever I'm doing, that's how I'm getting food. So that's understandable. If a person tells us he's sitting and learning, we ask him, what are you doing it for? And the person says, because I understand that this is good. So, so there's nothing physical about it. And the only way I can explain it is that the person has conceptually pictured something good that, he's, that he is pursuing. Um, then he says, without a nefesh, without a, a living force, there's no motion. And, and the riot that you need something more than just being able to picture something is, we fantasize about a lot of things. But we never move towards it. Until you don't get a special chukah for it. 
So a person can sit back on a cold day and picture the beach of Florida and how warm it is and how geschmack it is, but it's not going to get him to get onto a plane and do it. He, he needs a driving force as well. So there's three things that we need in, in order to have motion of this type. We need a, a mind that creates a concept that becomes the, 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 the goal of the, or the object of my emotion. He still hasn't described what it is. He will describe what that is. Two, I need to have something that allows me to, to move, a, a living force, and I need something called chuka, rutsen. This is a, an important component. Um, I could sit back. Many people have um, have brilliant ideas in business. They don't have the cheshik to do it. They just don't don't care enough. So so you need to have uh, um, you need to be able to create the 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 um, conceptual goal. You need to have a rutsen to get there, which was a chuka, and you need to have a nefesh. You need to have a force, a, li- a living force, driving force that allows you to get there. He says, "Sorry, what?" But I, the, the Rambam, I assume, doesn't think that these galgalim have bechira, right? And that the rutsen right. part sounds very close to a. Bechira like concept or related to it. The other two are okay, but that one to divorce it from Bechira seems a little hard. Well, I, I guess it needs a motivator. In, in other words, um, I, I, it, it, it's being that we're dealing a conceptual goal needs a conceptual drive to get there. The physical motion we see is physical motion. That it needs to have the ability to drive. No, that's obvious. But seichel alone and 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 it's seer. We obviously even the Raman doesn't claim to know that he knows what he's talking about. In other words, we're describing minimal requirements for this entity, and that is what we would call rotsein. Because we're not dealing with a physical entity. We're dealing with a conception. There has to be some sort of rutsa for that, and and bemela, uh, it's something that requ- requires that. It's not free will as much as being driven to do that. Um, you know, a, a person can be, for instance, a person who's God forbid addicted. You can say he has no free will, but he has a drive to attain to attain whatever it is that he wants to attain. So, so a person who needs from drugs. He, he, he has a picture of how wonderful it is. He has a, a drive in him to do it. And uh, th- those two must go together. He says, So that there's only one thing that, that fits that definition. And this is the way, I guess he's quoting Aristotle, or he's, he, I mean, he claims to be, he 
Let's explain what he says over here. He says as follows. What's moving this Galgal is its desire to imitate, come close, imitate a Kodesh conceptually. The points of imitation are simplicity, a simple motion, to um, eternal. And it, it's a never-ending quest to reflect um, Akadosh Baruch Hu. That's the way he says it. And again, he's, 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 he says, Aristotle says it. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, he's the, the, you know, he's quoting Aristotle. I'm pretty sure that's what he says. It, um, Aristotle did believe in a higher being that is eternal and so on. So basically he understood this motion of Galgalim as being a quest uh, 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 to imitate. So this requires, the minimal requires is as follows. A, that the Galgalim have that type of perception, that they um, have a drive for it, and three, that they have a physical motor or something that keeps them going. That's So whatever it is, we, we can't really understand the type of living, uh, type of being a Galgal is, but this is what it is up to. Um, is, it, is, it, is it the water or is it we, the planet? Is, is it the planet, planet that has this, 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 is it the Galgal, no, the so, orbit, or is the planet that has this? So, 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 let me, so let me explain the way they understood it. And, and, and um, this, the people in the Gemara has a Shaila where the Galgal Kavu, Mazolus and Nos, Mazolus Galgal, when, if you look up in Shemayim and, um, the, you know, you don't have light pollution, you don't have whatever it is, everything's clear. You, you see things that keep on moving around. The sun, the moon, the planets, the stars, etc. Um, now, you have two choices of explaining it. These things always move around in the same, in, in a certain orbit that you can predict. So there are two ways to understand it. How does it always go in the same? It's just like if you see a train go by and it's always, you don't see the tracks, but you always see it going. Where we are in action, the place where we're staying at here, we're almost adjacent to train tracks. We we can see it a few times a day, you know, cars going by. And you don't see the rail, you just see the cars. So you can say that the planet's, are independent units, and somehow they're able to know exactly how to march in formation Givaldic, um, which is kind of a stunning thing. Or a much simpler explanation is, um, it's, 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 they're all set in some sort of glass or transparent ring, and, and, and that keeps moving around and around. So, so, so basically, it's it's um, it's it's a ring. Uh, that's those are called the galgalim. 
so we, we can stand and, and we can see what we're seeing. Actually, it's like when you have to, like like all these all these train cars. I can see from here only the top, not the tracks. But I can say to myself, well, that's all running on a track, and these are just you know the the, the straight path is a track, or like a carousel where you have all these things you know moving along with, with the carousel, like a carousel. That was now the truth be said. The way we understand it today, it's it's not at all dissimilar because what we say, or at least what we feel is true, is the pull of the different planets and galaxies, etc., is in a certain way, so that in a, in a in a certain sense, this is a carved out path. And it actually is one of the ploy because. We don't have enough things explaining it. We, we, we have a problem. That's why you have dark matter and dark energy. There's, there's way too many things going on that we don't have. It doesn't account properly for what's happening. But at any rate, that's the way things Galgalim. Galgalim are these transparent rings. So all these stars are fixed on some sort of transparent ring. It goes round and around. And that is what you see. So that's why you see the planets going in the same exact motion. So those Galgalim are what we're talking about. They, they, they produce the motion, and they have that driving force. So he says, when Aristotle realizes, he found many Galgalim. Um, now, again, let's, let's sit back and look at the star at the, at the sky with unaided, you know, just where you see it. So we really see different things moving at very different speeds. The speed of the moon is one one most one circulation per day. The speed of the planets is much longer than that, and the speed the planets also go very erratic orbit. And it is an orbit, but it's erratic. So I'm going to, A, first thing I note is that all these different rings go at different speeds. Um, why, why would that be? Now he says, According to this, So if one, pla- if one galgal is is so motivated to become like a Kanspurku that he does it in a day, the circular, and the other does it in 30 years, there must be a difference in its target of perception. Every galgal represents a a, a, a nipple, which means an intellectual entity, a, a, a sentient uh, cogent co- uh, entity that is not physical. So every galgo has its own depth of understanding that moves it. So that seichel is what moves that galgo. So he said he, he didn't. He didn't have a theology about how many scholim nifradim. He said, "Well, each galgo is a seichel nifrad. That's fine." Um, so they used to think that they have 50 galgalim 
They thought that every movement needs a galgal. The way in which they explained the erratic motion um, of the planets was by, um, by, by sort of saying planets sit on a few rings and therefore, you know, depending on, on where the rings are going, that's where you see the planet. We have a different way. We, we, we say that, that in one ring itself, depending on how the planet, on the inclination of the planet, we can see it in different ways and so on. Um, so basically, he said there was some sort of disagreements in terms of exactly what, the, how many Galgalim there were, and so on. And Mimela, um, it, it's, uh, it, it's irrelevant. In other words, it was just a question of how many what so on. So we'll hold it here. So basically, he accepts the premise that it, um, he accepts Aristotle's model really well. He feels it sits well with the Torah. There are some technical questions of how many there are. Um, he prefers 10 Galgalim, but Tachlis, um, the, the, the general picture is the same. And that's why, and, and that's why the Ramam, the Ramam's mind was a lot more intrigued by the constant motion of Galgalim, because this is where you see Yad Hashem before. Where everything comes from is kind of, okay, Maybe. But if I want to see the Bria um, being mistaken to Kaddish Baruch Hu, this is why I see it. it. Based on Aristotle, I see the Bria, you know, I see a Bria being Makir Kaddish Baruch Hu, and this, and, this, and, this, and this Bria is kind of, it's half Ruchmi, half Gashmi, and, and, and I see it moving, like it says, and that's, I think that's why by the Ramam, this is such a powerful point. This is what he bases, it, this is this is what he bases the uh, person's observations of Imuna on. Is, is it? Okay, we'll hold it over here. Can I, ask, can I ask one question? The, yeah. Does, does, it, does this tie into the Rambam that holds that no. things things in the earth were created for Adam, but things in the Galgalim were not created for Adam? In a certain sense, like they're more important than Adam, it's their own tachlis. So it fits with what Rashi was saying today. Then is it that they are they have their own, even if it's not here, but somehow they're correct. It's it's its own it's its own revelation of Kvoit Shemayim. It's its own mitzvah, like Malachim. We'll, we'll see later as he explains where it fits with Torah and so on. It, it's it's another it's another dimension of Kvoit Shemayim. I don't know if at the end of the day, the fact that we see it and we and we perceive it. And for us, this is the paradigm of of of. And Rama's basing the Yisurim Muna on it. It's hard to say it doesn't. It, it's not there for Adam, but Akapanim. That, that's uh, it, it. Certainly, is its own. It's it's not directly in like a like a Shoyer or Chamoyer or, or so on. Okay, good job.